Welcome to the Coaching Matters Podcast brought to you by Fundraising University and Brian Kane Peak Performance. Coaching Matters is a nonprofit foundation whose primary purpose is to help coaches, athletes, and activities directors succeed in their programs, schools, and communities. Fundraising University works to help you raise the most amount of money in the least amount of time with the least amount of interference to support coaches and activities directors in enhancing the student experience and life skill development that is a critical component of our educational systems. Brian Kane, one of the world's leading mental performance coaches, works to educate, empower, and energize you to be your best through his 10 pillars of mental performance mastery systems. Together, each week, we bring you interviews, question and answer sessions, and group coaching around mastering mental performance, creating elite culture, and developing the leadership skills you need to succeed. And now, this week's Coaching Matters podcast. Hey, thanks everybody for joining us here on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Program. I'm your host, Brian Kane, and with Fundraising University, we're going to bring you every other week the Coaching Matters Program, with the goal being that each week we feature either a coach to do a kind of a virtual online group coaching coaches clinic, and then we do a question and answer session. Some weeks are going to be for just coaches. We can go into the deep material the coaches need and the support that they need to give them the best chance for success. Other weeks, like this week, we're going to have coaches and athletes from some of the top high school programs in the nation joining us here to talk about a specific topic. Again, if you're joining us, we are recording this session. The first 30 minutes, we're going to treat like a coach's clinic, and we're going to take this session, we're going to stop it halfway through at the 30 minute mark, and then we're going to go into question and answer. So while we're unpacking mental performance strategies today on the first half an hour of our call, I want you to write down those questions that you have. So when our second half of tonight's session, we can look at it like a question and answer. And then what we're going to do is turn this into a podcast. And we've got the Coaching Matters podcast sponsored by Fundraising University, and we're ready to rock and roll. So it's exciting to have the Lee's Summit West Titan softball team in the house here this evening. Let's dominate the day. And now let's rock and roll. If you open up our chat function, joining us live, you will see that I have posted inside of there a link to a Google Doc with notes for this evening's call. And I want you to be able to follow along on those notes as we're going to have those each week here on Coaching Matters for one reason. This might be the first note that you take down is we don't want these calls to be temporary. We want these calls to be legendary. And the difference between temporary and legendary is temporary is a speech. Legendary is a system. And the thing is systems beat speeches. But what we want to do as coaches is we want to deliver our system in a way that's high energy, that's engaging, that's empowering, that's impactful, because the role that we play in coaching is one of the most critical roles in any profession on the planet. As a high school student athlete at Mount Greylock Regional High School, Williamstown, Massachusetts, my life was changed by my high school football coach, John Allen. As a student in graduate school at Cal State Fullerton, where I was also a volunteer assistant baseball coach, my life was changed by a coach, a guy by the name of Ken Revisa. And what I found going from high school into Division I college athletics, where I played baseball at the University of Vermont, recently had my number retired. So if everybody would clap it up for me here, please. Thank you. Thank you. The only reason I got my number retired was they cut the baseball program at Vermont. No more baseball there. They cut that. They cut a bunch of other sports too. So my teammates, we all got our numbers retired. But I might have been the worst college baseball player in history. 
One of my college baseball teammates, Chris Lavoie, is the athletic director at Tampa Prep Academy down in Florida. Had a chance to talk to him this week, and he said, Kaner, I think I figured it out. I think you pitched 25 innings in college baseball in four years, and your scholarship was for $50,000 over four years. You got $2,000 an inning. There's guys in pro baseball that don't get that. And I'm not proud of that stat, but what I did when I was there in college is I failed. And I want you to write this term down, please, because failure is positive feedback. And we have to learn to use as coaches and athletes, failure as fuel, fuel to drive us to get better, fuel to go looking for the answers that we could have used as athletes or we could have used and then give those and empower those to the young people so that they can avoid some of those mistakes that maybe we made so that they can speed up that learning curve to close the gap. Please write that down. Close the gap because we all have a gap. We have a gap from where we are to where we want to be ourself as a coach, ourself as an athlete, myself, you, all of us, our program, all of us, we have a gap. And how we close that gap, my friends, is through one word, strategy. Well, let me call it two words, strategy and work. Because the strategy only works if you work it. You have to put the strategy into work. So my goal tonight on this call is to share with you the strategies that I was never taught as a high school athlete, strategies that I didn't learn playing Division I college baseball, but strategies I went to try to uncover from studying under a guy named Ken Revisa, one of the maybe greatest mental performance coaches of all time, and strategies that I've had the privilege to use for the last 20 years as a mental performance coach, which includes over a thousand players drafted into professional sports, a Heisman Trophy winner, six UFC world champions, three Cy Young Award winners, multiple medalists in the Olympics here in Tokyo, great coaches who are on the call with us here, won a conference champion, Coach Barry Davis from Ryder University. Let's roll, right? And we got coaches here that are invested in becoming the best they can be for you. So the first thing I want to do is thank you for joining us, whether you're with us live on the Coaching Matters Group Coaching Call sponsored by Fundraising University, or if you're getting this through the podcast, the, the role of the coach is one of the most important roles that there is. It has been that way for me in my life as an athlete. And then when I was a high school athletic director in Vermont, I saw it every day. And what I want to do in the next 20 minutes is I want to give you some strategies that you can take as a coach and an athlete and you can use. So please write this down. Here's the first one. A plus S plus G-O-Y-A equals R. Let me say that again. A plus S plus G-O-Y-A equals R. And that stands for Titans. If someone's not on the whiteboard in that classroom with you right now, I want someone to get up there. Someone be a leader. And leaders take action. Go up and take the notes down so we can see here. A plus S, plus G-O-Y-A equals R. Here's what it stands for. Ability, plus strategy, plus get off of your anatomy equals results. And I want you to understand that as an athlete, as a coach, you are not lacking ability. The ability to be, have, and do anything you want is inside of you. The one thing that you might be doing, though, is blocking that ability. And the way that we unblock ability is through strategy. So I want to share with you strategies that I've seen unblockability of athletes all over the country, all different ages. And when you unblock that ability and you get off of your anatomy and you do the work, let's not, let's not, let's not overemphasize the importance of doing work here. But a lot of times when it comes to the mental game as coaches, right? We know the mental game is the missing link. We know mental performance is important, but we talk about it because we don't know what to do. So tonight, I want to give you very specific things that you can do as an athlete, that you can do as a coach, you can do in your program to close that gap from where you are to where you want to be and get the results that you're looking for, okay? So if you think about 
as an athlete, if someone's at the whiteboard there in the team or for you as a coach, if you think about it from an athlete standpoint, three words, we do drills to develop skills to make a skill set. We do drills. We do things physically to develop skills, to create a skill set, a skill set. Let's say we, we have a, uh, we got a softball team with us here this evening, right? From Lee's summit. Here's the thing you do as a softball player. Let's say you're a shortstop in softball. I got to stand up. I'm getting too excited. Let's say you're a shortstop in softball. Okay. If you're a shortstop in softball, what are some of the skills you got to have? You got to have arm strength. You got to have lateral movement. You got to be able to field the softball with you have good hands. So that those are all different skills, lateral movement, arm strength, and soft hands. Well, what's a drill that you can do to develop soft hands? Maybe you take the paddle, right? Or a piece of wood and you feel ground balls that way. We've got Zach Sorensen, who was a major league baseball infielder on this call, played for the Angels, played for the Indians. He was a three-time All-American at Wichita State. He's the mental performance coach with the Atlanta Braves, and he's joining us here on Coaching Matters. Thanks. Thanks for being with us, Zach. But you take that wooden paddle and you feel ground balls that way. That's a way to work on soft hands. Now, what about the lateral movement? Maybe you do agility ladders, right? Or you do rollouts and someone rolls a ball and you shuffle and you field, you roll a ball, you shuffle and you field. What about arm strength? You play long toss, throw the ball as far and, far and hard as you can on a consistent basis. So those are drills to develop those three skills that help make an elite softball player. Well, let me give you the 10 skills, okay, that make a mentally tough athlete. I call them the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery. And you, whether you call them the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery, or you call them the 10 skills, here are the 10 skills. Okay. Skill one, if you see my screen here, and that's the benefit of joining us live on the coaching matters group coaching call is you get to participate. You get to ask questions live. You get to see what we're showing here, because I think we all best learn visually. I think we're all visual learners. So here's the 10 skills, right? And if you think about again, drills, to develop 10 skills to make this skill set of what I call mental performance mastery or call it mental toughness. So the first skill is having an elite mindset. A mindset is how I see things, how I experience, you know, adversity in the world. Do I get frustrated? Do I get fascinated? Am I somebody who, when it's hot outside, goes, oh, it's hot outside. It's going to be a tough day. Or I go, oh, it's going to be hot outside. Tough day for my opponent. I love this. That's your mindset. Right. If you're taking notes, please write down attitude is a decision, maybe the most important decision you make every day. Now, the drill that I want to give you to help you develop an elite mindset is listening to what I call the mental performance daily podcast. Now, every day I come out with it, four o'clock in the morning Eastern time, I come out with a podcast called Mental Performance Daily. It's three minutes a day of some of my best content that if you listen to, you will learn to develop an elite mindset. And we call it do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. Do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. Someone says a little jingle to it. Say, me, say it with me if you're in a room with other people. If you're in a room by yourself, say it anyway. Do a little, a lot, not a lot, a little. It's got a little jingle to it, right? And it's got a jingle to it. It's got to work. So what we're going to do is have you listen to mental performance daily on a daily basis on our podcast. And as a coach, here's like maybe the one takeaway strategy. Okay. So I get it as a coach. If you come to a call like this, or you come to a coach's clinic and you get one strategy that you can take and use that one strategy can change the entire game. Well, my friend, Todd Whitting, who's the head baseball coach at the university of Houston, every day in their practice plan, he builds in what's called the mental minutes. And the mental minute is at the start of practice. He pulls up the team. And they talk about something related to the mental game. And that's something this fall will be talking about the mental performance daily podcast. In the past, they have talked about what was on success hotline every day with my mentor, Dr. Rob Gilbert. 
other places that you can go to get elite mindset, but you've got to talk about it every day with your team is if you're on all on Instagram, which I believe the athletes on here will be. If you go to Brian Kane peak on Instagram, you'll see that every day, let's see, let's see, let's see every day I post material for you to follow. So here's a picture of Kyler Murray, right? The quarterback for the uh, Arizona Cardinals won a Heisman Trophy who I worked with when he was at the University of Oklahoma and he was a baseball and football player there. Here's how he maps out his daily plan, which we're going to talk about, right? Here's an example of, hey, if you want to be a great student athlete leader, or you want to have more influence and impact as a coach, here's the six C's of building trust that we're going to get into. And you can save all these photos, download them at Brian Kane Peak on Instagram. So if you're there, give me a follow, send me a DM. If you got any questions, I'd love to help you. So that's how we're going to grow mindset. Now, the second skill that we want to work on is motivation and commitment. Look, motivation gets you going. Commitment is what keeps you going. And if you want to be motivated, here's the big takeaway. Okay. I'm about to type the million dollar answer. Motivation comes after dot, dot, dot. Drum roll, please. If you're hitting the desk, pow, motivation comes after movement begins. Motivation comes after movement begins. Most people make the mistake to wait around until they feel motivated, act motivated. No, 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 no. Act motivated, then you will feel motivated. Look, if you're taking notes, please write this down. Actions lead to feelings versus feelings lead to actions. Actions change feelings. You have to get started. You have to act. Now, one of my uh, baseball player who I worked with, who plays for the Chicago Cubs, his name is Jake Arietta. I started with Jake when he was in high school or in college at TCU. And when you win a Cy Young, I buy a bobblehead of you for my office. Okay. So Jake Arietta, underneath the brim of his hat, you don't see it right there, but we were in college. One of the things that he started doing is writing down the word ACE underneath his hat. And here's why. A-C-E, acting changes everything. And as an athlete, you're not going to feel confident all the time. As a coach, you're not going to feel energetic all the time. Good. Act confident, act energetic anyway. Why? Because acting changes everything. Here's the big thing to take around on motivation and commitment. Commit to the behavior that you would do if you felt your best and do it anyway. You probably heard it. Fake it till you exactly make it right. Fake it till you make it. That's real. And when you fake it till you make it, what it really is, is you fake it until you find it. And when you find that energy and you find that confidence, because please write down here, confidence is a choice, right? No one's going to come in and all of a sudden show up and go, Hey, you deserve to be confident today. You got to act confident. Acting changes everything. Like where's my, Oh, is my con- Where's my confidence? Hey, I lost it. Is it underneath, is it underneath this bobblehead? Is it underneath this water bottle? Maybe it's underneath my desk. Hang on. Where's my confidence? No, no, no. Your confidence has to show up every day. That's something you can control. Where's your confidence come from? It comes from your preparation. It comes from your production. What do I mean by production? It comes from doing what you said you were going to do. So if you listen to mental performance daily, every day, you're going to be more confident. Okay. If you follow through and do some of the things we're talking about, you're going to be more confident. One of those things we want to do set two types of goals, telescope and microscope. Right. Think about it. If I take a telescope, what's it help me do? It helps me look all the way into the future to the moon might help me see a state championship, might help me see this awesome team, you know, uh, getaway that we're going on for team building that's going to happen at the end of the month. It might help me see what I can do in my program when I'm able to, to raise, you know, the dollars that I need to do the things that I want to do in the most important year in the history of high school sports coming out of a pandemic, right? And I'm able to look at the telescope and say, I want to be a division one college athlete. I want to be a starter. I want to be a head coach. 
but you also then need the microscope goals. And the microscope goals are those goals that you can do today, this week, that help get you closer to the telescope. You see, motivation is what gets you going. The telescope goal will get you, will get you going, but it's the commitment that will keep you going. It's that commitment to the microscope goal. It's the commitment to the small, slow, daily. Let's talk about skill three, focus and awareness, right? Focus one pitch at a time, Titans, one play at a time in football, one shot at a time in golf, one client at a time in sales. Awareness, recognize when you start to drift, boom, and bring it back. So here's a focus drill that we can do. Now, if you're listening to our podcast here, don't do this while you're driving. But if you're sitting in a classroom or sitting somewhere by yourself, I want you to do this. I want you to go ahead and close your eyes. And I want you to think about a triangle made up between the tip of your nose and the corners of your mouth. And I want you now just to inhale through your nose. Exhale out your mouth. And I want you just to try to keep your focus right there on that triangle made up between the tip of your nose and the corners of your mouth. And as you do that, I'm going to try to distract you. Get back to the next breath. Ho, ho, ho. Get back to the next breath. Get back to that next breath. Inhale, exhale, focus on that triangle. The time is now, the place is here. Be where your feet are, one pitch at a time. It's so easy to get distracted, right? Focus determines future. Take one more breath. <sighs> Open up your eyes, come back and join me here. Look, your focus determines your future. And you can practice focus just like you practice your catch play, just like you practice shooting free throws. Do that exercise. Stay right there on that six to eight breath. And as you hear sounds in the other room or you're getting distracted, bring it back. Every time you bring it back, that's awareness. That's mental toughness building. Let me give you one more drill you can do. Okay. If you go to briancane.com slash cgrid, C-G-R-I-D, you're going to come to this page. You'll see there's a video where I explain concentration grids, an article where I explain concentration grids. And then you can select, let's say, five rows, five columns, all the way up to a 10 by 10. You hit the concentrate button. And then it shows you this grid. And now you compete with your teammates, zero, 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 one. And I'm going through checking off, where's zero, two, zero, two. I'm going through and checking off the numbers in succession all the way up through the last number. So there's nine, 10, some of you are going, Kaner, it's right there. I can see it, man. You're missing it. How are you missing this? It's all right there, 17. Boom. So you can see I have a time, right? So coaches, now it's competitive. Remember, measurement is motivation. If we, we can't improve it, if we're not measuring it. So I see my time there. Okay, I'm at 27 minutes or 27 seconds, 0.75. So if I were to hit start again, now I get to go again and I'm, and I'm competing. So one of the things that you could do for mental performance training to develop better focus and awareness is every day have your athletes do a concentration grid. They can do them on their phone. They can do them in study hall. They can do them at home. And you have maybe a group chat where you're, you're posting your best times. And if you, where the charts are, again, is if you go to briancane.com slash cgrid, you're going to find uh, where you can access those charts digitally. I'm also going to post, I know some coaches are just joining us inside of our chat here live with Coaching Matters podcast and group coaching sponsored by Fundraising University. I just posted our notes here so you can see those as well, okay? So we've talked about 
elite mindset. We've talked about motivation and commitment. We discussed focus and awareness. Let's move into skill four, which is self-control and discipline. Self-control and discipline. If you're taking notes, please write this down. It's one of the most profound things I ever heard my mentor, Dr. Ken Revisa say. He said, you have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. You have to be in control of yourself before you can control your performance. He said, you also have very little control of what goes on around you, but total control of how you choose to respond to it. He said, choosing your response is up to you. And he wrote, would write, would write this equation on the board, E plus R equals O. And it stands for event plus response equals outcome. Look, the umpire made a bad call, event. Game got canceled because of a contract tracing, whatever it is, event. Your response to that event is within your control. Your attitude is a decision. You choose your response. And the response that you choose is going to influence the outcome. Now, the second strategy or skill for developing self-control and discipline, we take right from Admiral William McRaven of the U.S. Navy SEAL Special Operation Group. He says, make your bed. Because when you make your bed, it does one, shows that you have discipline and you can commit to following through. Two, you act different than how you feel because no one feels like making their bed in the morning. Three, you start your day with a win. And if you start your day with a win, let's say you go have a miserable day, you don't play well, don't coach well, don't perform well. Well, when you come back, guess what? You come back to a bed that's made and that is hope for tomorrow to be a better day. So let's, let's make sure we pick our response. Let's make sure we're making that bed. And tomorrow, athletes, when your head, when your alarm goes off and you wake up, you got a choice to make. You got a choice to cast a vote for you to be great, or you got a, you got a, a choice to cast a vote to say, man, I'm okay being average today. Man, I'm okay not making my bed today. Every day, every day you get to cast a vote. Cast a vote in your favor with your behavior, disciplined behavior, intentional behavior. You want to be a starter. You want to be a captain. You want to be a college athlete. Cast a vote in your favor with your behavior. Takes us to skill five, speaking about behavior, is process over outcome. And coaches on the call with your athletes. Absolute must, 100% must do is with your team, whether you have them on Zoom or you have them in person, go to a whiteboard, draw a line down the center of a whiteboard or however you do it in chat notes and put on one side, can control. On the other side, can't control. And when you list what you can control and what you can't control, what you'll find out is there's a lot more things you cannot control than things that you can. What can you control? Attitude, effort, commitment, focus, preparation. What can't you control? How you feel that day. What your teammates think. What your coach's decisions are. What your parents do or don't do. The weather, the outcome of winning a game. The other team gets a vote. So you have to go in and control what you can control. Now, I see we got, we got a couple... Uh, teams with us live, one of which the Lee Summit High School Titan softball team. I want you to do this. If there's a bat in the room, someone grab it and play along. We've also got some of the top high school softball coaches and baseball coaches in America here with us. So here's what I want you to do. I'm going to give you a little visual demonstration. I want you to grab a bat and I want you, you can use a lacrosse stick. we got some lacrosse coaches here. Hockey sticks don't usually make it in the house unless, of course, you live in the cane house where my wife was a hockey player. There's hockey sticks everywhere around here. Good. Is what I want you to do is I want you to take the bat and I want you to try to balance with two fingers on the bottom of the bat looking at the top like this. 
And as you're balancing the bat, looking at the top with those two fingers on the bottom, it's a really easy task. You could do this all day. This is controlling what you can control. Now, here's the shift. I want you to focus on the bottom of the bat and watch what happens. As you focus on the bottom of the bat, that becomes almost a nearly impossible task. Bottom of the bat, bat's going to hit me in the head. I can't do it. I go back to the top of the bat and it becomes really easy. What's the point here with the bat balancing exercise? The point is this. When you focus on the bottom of that bat, that is you focused on things you cannot control. The past, the future, the officials, the crowd. When you focus on the top of the bat, that's what you can control. Your process, your preparation, your energy, your effort. And you will be amazed when you go to balance that stick or balance that bat, how much harder it is when you look at the bottom. And the analogy of that is if you focus on process, that's the top. You focus on outcome, that's the bottom. This advice of keep your eyes on the prize is not great advice. The advice should be set my GPS towards the prize where I want to go and then work it back to what I got to do to take the next step. And then continually, continually, my friends, ask yourself, what is the next best step? What's the next best step in growing my business? What's the next best step in me being the athlete I want to be? What's the next best step for me to move my program where we want it to go? And then just keep stepping. Just keep stepping. Just keep stepping. The next thing you know, if you keep stepping, you've ran the marathon. And they call you a marathoner. So don't stop stepping. Let's take a look at skill six. Skill six is meditation and mental imagery. Now, meditation is what I actually took you through earlier. It's this, it's this drill you can do to work on focus. And that meditation of the six to eight breath, inhale for six, hold for two, exhale for eight. That's meditation. Now, what mental imagery is, is what you do every night as athletes. So everyone go ahead and do this. Everyone go ahead and close your eyes, unless you're driving. If you're driving, no eyes closing. Keep them open. This is common sense around here, okay? So if you go ahead and close your eyes. And as you close your eyes, I want you to go back to a moment in time in your athletic career or your coaching career where you were like, that's it. That's when I was my best. And go back and replay the sounds, the sights, the feelings, even go back to the uniform you were wearing, to what the weather was like, who the opponent was, and go back and put yourself in that moment. And now I want you to try to make it as real, as clear, as rich, as vivid as you possibly can. And now I want you, as you're seeing that moment, I want you to almost rewind. So see what happened. Maybe you hit a big three-pointer to win a game. Maybe you got a base, base clearing double to win a game. Maybe it was a big strikeout coming out of the bullpen, whatever it was. Replay that and backwards. So if you threw the pitch, boom, it comes back to you. If you hit the three-pointer, rewind, catch the ball, the ball comes out of the rim back to your hand and just replay it over and over and over again. As you take it one more time, after you see that last image, clap your hands, open your eyes, bring yourself back to me. And what that is right there, the reason I have you clap your hands is to wake you back up, okay? So the, now what that is, is that's mental imagery. That's skill six. And everything happens twice. You, you talk to Chase Kalish, who just won a medal in the Olympics. And I had Chase at the University of Georgia. He had seen himself execute that race many times before it happened. If you watch Corbin Burns with the Milwaukee Brewers, who just struck out 10 batters in a row against a game in the, against the Chicago Cubs, he sees himself execute those pitches in a shadow bullpen three times during the week between every start. So everything happens twice. So as an athlete, what you want to do is you want to get yourself to start seeing yourself performing in your mind's eye. So tonight, here's a drill for you. Tonight, when your head hits the pillow, see yourself playing how you want to play. If you're in practice, see yourself practicing how you want to play. If you're coaching, see yourself coaching 
connecting, leading, influencing, impacting, and doing the things with your team that you know you can do, especially when you have the support of Coaching Matters and Fundraising University, because you can do anything. So see that happening. Let's go to skill number seven, routines and habits of excellence. Now, with routines and habits of excellence, this this is the number one thing I'm doing with clients that I work with right now is this right here. There's an app that you can get called Habit Share. And Habit Share is essentially a success checklist. So I put the link to Habit Share inside of our group chat. If you just go to habitshareapp.com, you'll be able to access that as well. Now, I want to play a video for you about Corbin Burns, pitcher with the Milwaukee Brewers, where they're talking about how he uses a, a success checklist and how his work on mental performance this offseason has made such a big difference for him. Now, Corbin in 2018 came out of the bullpen. He was great with the Brewers at the end of the year. 2019, they sent him back to the minor leagues. So it's minor league baseball in 2019. 2021, he's an all-star. He set two major league records this year. He started the season with 58 strikeouts before walking his first hitter. He just struck out 10 batters in a row against the Cubs last week. Corbin Burns fills out this habit share checklist every single day. Here you're going to hear the announcers talk about the importance of mental performance and what you're getting to do here. It's why I was so excited to jump at the opportunity to work with you in coaching matters, because I understand as an athlete that mental performance is the missing link. And this is what you need if you want to give yourself the best chance for success. And I look at my responsibility here is to help you and help your coaches understand how do I grow this skill? And it starts with the 10 skills, right? The 10 pillars. This is habit share and success checklist. Let's take a listen. Free app. You're going to want to check that out. I want to follow up on what you guys were talking about with Corbin Burns, just being more locked in and really taking that huge jump. Well, what he says is a big part of that is the mental approach and kind of learning more about what his process is. His agent suggested that he work with sports psychologist Brian Kane, someone who works with a lot of notable athletes. And what Kane was able to help him realize is that he needed more structure to his routine. So he put him through a lot of things. One of those was a mental training program that the Navy SEALs use. But he does this thing now. It's called a success checklist, which is about 25 tasks a week and it can be as simple as making your bed or doing the laundry but it's something every single week that he just it's something every week that he just checks off and he checks off and he checks off. Checks off, checks off. And that mental approach guy he says is a big reason for what he's been able to do on the mound. The mental approach is crucial. You find it with any guy who has a, a good chunk of success. So the mental approach is crucial. You find it with anybody who has a good chunk of success and no one is having more success in major league baseball pitching than Corbin Burns right now. And you can do what he's doing because this is what he's doing. He's doing the habit share app and a success checklist. Now, what do you put on your success checklist? Well, let's go back and look at some of the things we've talked about. One mental performance, daily podcast, two concentration grids, three, make your bed. Four, get with your coaches and have your coaches give you some fundamental drills that you can do every day to make yourself a better player. And for the coaches here, the nice part about habit share is your players can add you as a friend by adding your email address in there. And when they add you as a friend, you can see what they're doing. So I get to see every day when Corbin Burns fills out his checklist, I get a notification. I also have athletes who are not as disciplined as he is and not as consistent as he is. 
And when they don't fill it out for two days, I can send them a message and go, Hey man, this is what you said you wanted. You said you wanted to be great. You said you wanted to be an all American. And you know what? It takes what it takes. And if you want to be an All-American, you want to be a state champion, there is a thing called the illusion of choice. And the illusion of choice is that you have choices. Look, if you're going to be great, the choices are made for you. If you want to be great, read books, listen to podcasts, follow people online who are great, and look at what they do because success leaves clues. And what I'm trying to do through Coaching Matters and our time together is bring in great coaches, bring in great athletes to share their stories with you so you can speed up your learning curve. So you don't have to go through the pain. You don't have to go through the mistakes. You don't have to go through the failure. But there'll be enough of that anyway when you're going really good. So let's speed up that learning curve as best as we can. And when we're talking about the learning curve, we've uncovered seven skills that you want to develop. Here's number eight, time management and organization. And the simple drill on time management and organization, my friends, is plan tomorrow, tonight. So lay your clothes out the night before. Pack your school bag the night before. Do your practice plan for tomorrow at the end of today's practice while it's fresh in your mind. <clears throat> plan tomorrow, tonight. We've talked about the time management piece. Look, the one factor that's the same for Kyler Murray, Kirk Cousins, Russell Wilson, all these NFL quarterbacks and all the guys in college that want to get to the NFL and try to take their jobs. The one thing that's the same for all of them is time in a day. So if you want to be a, a two-level, a two-sport athlete drafted in the first round in both like Kyler Murray, it's going to require that you map out where your time is going on a daily basis and you just go block after block after block, and you are relentlessly productive, relentlessly productive. And that starts with you planning out tomorrow, tonight, and then following your plan, not following your emotions, not following how you feel, following what you said you're going to do long after the feeling passes. Let's talk about skill nine, leadership. And with leadership, I like to break leadership down into what I call the six C's of building trust and being an effective leader. And if you go to my Instagram at Brian Kane Peak, you can get this graphic here. Oops, that's the 10 pillars. This is what we're talking about. But when you go to uh, when you go to my my Instagram at Brian Kane Peak, you'll see the six C's of building trust. So what are the six C's of building trust? Let's give a quick overview, right? And these are all what we're going to go into on our calls here through Coaching Matters and the rest of 2021. Tonight's kind of an overview. But the first thing you do if you're a great leader who develops trust is you build connection with people. There is a relationship. There is a connection. And connection's never been as important as it is right now. But connection can be built in a lot of ways. Connection can be built in person, over Zoom, through daily, small, slow contacts here and there. But you want to be really good as an athlete and a leader in your program to build connection. The second thing is your character. Do you morally and ethically show up the same on a consistent basis? What about communication? Do you speak but not listen? Do you listen but never speak? Can you speak but not write, but write but not speak? Like you have to learn to communicate in a lot of different areas if you're going to have maximum impact because people learn in a lot of different ways. And then we get into competence. Competence is your skill. Like if you're a senior in the Lee Summit softball program and you've been around for a while, you know what the standard and expectation is. You know how practice is supposed to go. You know how we're supposed to do different drills. You know how we're supposed to prepare. And the more you teach that to your younger teammates who maybe haven't been around as long as you and don't know, you're demonstrating your competence. When you come onto this call, when you get off this call tonight, you as a coach and player, I hope my goal is that you are more competent 
meaning more knowledgeable, more skilled in mental performance and what you can do to develop habits, to develop your mindset, to develop focus than ever before. But if you're going to be a leader, it also takes courage. And courage is having the difficult conversations. And Greg Carvel, who is the men's ice hockey coach at UMass Amherst, who just in five years took that team from one of the worst, actually 58th out of 60 in NCAA men's hockey, to a national championship loss, the pandemic season that got canceled, and then winning the national championship this past year. And he calls it in the UMass program, the, the big boy pants club. Like, look, we're going to have big, put on your big boy pants and let's have some real communication here about your behavior, about your effort, about your character, about how what you're doing is in alignment with where we want to go and it's going to lead us to be great or it's not. But in order to have that conversation, you have to one, have courage to, to say it, but you also have the courage to receive it. Receiving that message, receiving feedback. Please write this down. Feedback is the breakfast of champions. In athletes, when a coach is coaching you hard, you have got to say, hey coach, thanks for caring enough about me to coach me. Because I'll tell you what, the one day that they're not saying anything to you is the day that they're no longer interested and they moved on to the next athlete. So when a coach is coaching you hard, you can't take it personal as an attack. You have to look at it as thank you for coaching and caring enough about me to be passionate and help me to get better, right? Being coachable, accepting constructive criticism as a compliment. You got to develop that skill and be coachable. The last C is to be consistent. Consistency wins. That's why we want to track our habits. It's why we do a three-minute podcast every day. It's why I put the concentration grids online so you can find them very easily and do them. Because if you're going to develop any skill, you have to work at it consistently. And that leads us to the 10th skill, which is developing the right culture. And the right culture for your program is either going to be principle-driven or preference-driven. Preference-driven is our culture is what people feel like doing on a daily basis. They do what they feel like. They feel like working hard, they work hard. They don't, they don't. And those cultures are not very good. A principle-driven culture is about a set of core principles or core values that say, hey, this is who we are. And one of the best things you can do as a coach, as a leader, is identify a set of core principles for your program that says, this is who we are. TCU Baseball, their acronym is SEE, Selfless Energy and Excellence. That's who they want to be. Coastal Carolina Baseball, college program in Conway, South Carolina. Coastal Carolina should be the third best team in the state of South Carolina. Clemson and South Carolina, ACC, SEC, are going to out-recruit, out-facility, and they're going to have more money and they're going to do more things because they have the money to do those things than a Coastal Carolina. But what Coastal Carolina did was this. They out-competed the competition. Please write that down. Out-compete the competition. They out-teamed the other team. And they did the most with what they had. And they realized that if you focus on winning pitches and controlling what you can control and you develop the right mindset, you can be having to do anything you want. In Coastal Carolina, and I think believe it was 2016, won the NCAA National Championship. First time to Omaha. So you might get one chance to go to the national championship. You might get one chance to go compete for a state championship. You might get one chance to coach in a conference championship game. And when that time comes, the question that will be asked after the game is, did you have something to go to? Did you have something to go to when it got hard? Cause it's going to get hard. Good. That's where we learn about ourselves, and what the mental game gives you and what the plan to give you here through coaching matters 
sponsored by Fundraising University every other Monday is to give you the exact drills and the exact skills and access to some of the top coaches on the planet, like Dr. Barry Davis, who's here from Ryder University. I'm going to ask him to, at one of these calls to talk about a dissertation, Dr. Barry Davis, to do a dissertation that he talked about and learned about leadership and what you can do as a student athlete and you can do as a coach to be a better leader so that we can all grow to give ourselves the best chance for success. So today we talked about the 10 pillars of mental performance mastery on the coaching matters group coaching call and in our coaching matters podcast. And what we're going to do now is we're going to, we're going to stop this episode. We're going to go into question and answer and we're going to pick it right back up. Thanks for checking out this week's coaching matters podcast. If you enjoyed the show, please give us a subscribe and a review. Also, be sure to engage with us on social media here in the notes for the show. And remember, dream big, raise more, and coaching matters.